Welcome to this post-game media edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. Despite not capitalizing on every opportunity, the Indiana baseball team took care of business, defeating the Ohio Bobcats 9-2, completing a weekend sweep. The Hoosiers improved to 30-11 on the year, led by a three-hit effort from sophomore third baseman Josh Pine. Bobby Whalen and Devin Taylor contributed home runs. Freshman righty Ethan Phillips picked up the win with 3.2 innings of scoreless and hitless middle relief, while freshman righty Braden Reisdorf completed a three-inning scoreless save. After the game, the media met with head coach Jeff Mercer as well as Pine and Reisdorf. Defensively, you had a lot of balls hit to Brock today. First of all, was there something that was just pitching-wise that caused the ball to go to the right side a lot? Yeah, a ton of ball speed. Okay. And so that's you know what, what Coach, we talked about a little bit yesterday afterwards where I think what we've done probably our best job of over the course of the year is adjusting throughout the course of the weekend. And, uh, and they just they hammered fastballs. They just were all over fastballs. You know, now we go to Ball State this week, and I'm sure they'll be the complete opposite, but they hammered off speed pitches last week where it's like you, you, couldn't, you couldn't land and give me over breaking ball. They hammered like four of them. Um, and then on Friday, we went a ton of sinkers, and they were all over the barrel, and they were on time. And, you know, even the last inning, you throw an 0-2 fastball at 92 up and over the middle, and the guy hammers it. So, uh, Coach Glint and I kind of talked about it and didn't. Obviously, running the, running the numbers, where there's a ton of hard contact, expected batting average on fastballs was like 375. So, we had to mix a ton, and a lot of change-ups, and, and, and Phillips landed them steady. That's kind of his strength with the splitter. And then Reisdorf, a ton of off-speed stuff as well. And so, you just got a lot of weak contact to the right side that way. And, um, and then they, they, and they ran well. They ran hard, but they also ran well. And so they had a couple of those plays where I didn't think said he didn't necessarily get over. I think he just kind of chopped his steps and, and guy beat it out, ran a good time at first base. So yeah, you're, you're right on the money as always, but it's just a ton of off speed. And, and they, and they were, you see that like, uh, like Bobby's home run, he's on fastball guy throws a change up and you catch it out front and you try to get guys to where they can not break their wrist on an off speed pitch to their pull side. Devin's home run was, uh, was an off speed pitch to his pull side. And they just kind of they, they were on time for a fastball and they kind of broke their wrist and so you have a lot of those salt contact at first base which you know off the off the bat you're always uh, good it's an out and then you know because we're playing the guys are playing deeper because they hit balls hard and then now every ball is a bang bang play at first base so it kind of gives you an ulcer <laughs> even even when it's weak contact you still get an ulcer but the guys did a good job of adjusting and, and being able to, to mitigate it but when I mean, you look at it on friday where they, they have mid-teens hits right and and Today they have you know four hits, and so I just again I commend those guys. And I told them afterwards, but on being able to adjust over the course of the weekend and and not allowing the, the okay, so this is their strength. Let's not continue to throw to their strength. And I think that goes back to the very beginning. We talked about being able to hide fastballs with sink, more sinkers, more changeups, cutters, splitters, whatever it is. We have to hide more fastballs. Base, baseball is evolving, especially if you're not. It's really like 93 is your kind of your cutoff point. 93 and above, you can pretty much throw a fastball wherever you want. Um, but if you're below that threshold, you're going to have to, to, to mix a ton now. And, and we put that in at the very beginning of the fall and, and have really stuck to it and continued to do that. You look at a lot of the statistics, your, your, your better pitching staffs are, are able to throw just heavy mix, especially in even counts. You know, 1-1s, 2-1s, you 1-0s, know, those kind of counts have to, to mix and land them. And we did. We did those things for the most part today and created a, a lot more weak contact. Obviously, no Big Ten series this weekend, but you guys still take care of business. What kind of weight does going five for five this week kind of carry yeah. for the rest of the season? 
Well, I, th I think it, it really speaks to the to their to their focus and their resiliency. It would have been really easy to have a letdown at some point. You're tired, you know. You're 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 running out here every day, and it was a big week. It's a huge week, you know, a double midweek. And we talked about it earlier this week. We, and we went we went we went for it early in the week, and and when you go for it early in the week, you know that you're gonna you're gonna be in a in a, in a bit of a precarious position on the weekend. And obviously we'll be a little bit light on Tuesday, but we should be back up for the weekend where we want to be at. But to go five for five, any anytime you go five for five in a week, I think is an incredible accomplishment. And, and the kids just, they keep showing up. They keep showing up. And, and what's happening, in, in my opinion, is you're starting to see the, the leadership from within. We talked about Bobby and Phil and, and other guys really start to step forward. And, and you know, I, I love it. The, um, we do the hitters meeting beforehand and, and it's like, show us the video for five minutes and then get out of here. We got this. And so when you see that as a coach, it's like, good, let, like, let them go. Let them, let them cook, as they would say, right? Let them cook. <laughs> and just kind of let them have their, their run of it and have their moment. And, and uh, it's just every good team I've ever been a part of has always been player led. And they need, they need guidance, kind of like the bumper lanes. But after that, once they have it, they, they got to go. They got to hold each other accountable. They got to hold each other to a high standard and they have to go. And going a week like that is, is, is a really good job. And now we obviously have a huge week coming up, but all you can do is control this one. And we, and we did a good job with that. We stayed focused and we executed, for the most part, we executed and, um, and, and we're able to take care of business against good teams. You After, talk, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. After strong performances from sort of freshmen sophomores this weekend how does that validate what you were saying earlier in the week about sort of your recruiting process yeah I, I think and I've, we've talked about it but like at, at this place what we have to do to be able to create a program that can compete across the country is is it comes down to, to two things the lifeblood of the program is recruiting and then the, the the backbone of it is your player development and you have to be able to to coach those guys in and through those moments and and I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of that. Over the over the course of this season, the last two years, you've watched so many young guys just continue to grow and get better. And I think that's an exciting opportunity for young guys to know that that when you come into the program, you have an opportunity to compete. Now you have to be good enough to do it, but your number is going to be called. You're going to be given those opportunities, and then you're going to be able to stay in there. Uh, and and I think that you know you look at what the the, the guys have done in recruiting. They've done an awesome job of of really scouring the country. We're fortunate to have. Connections much more nationally. You know, Derek's, Derek's from the, the Atlanta area and, and has spent a lot of time in the South recruiting. Has connections really coast to coast. Coach Glant and I are, are more Midwest guys, and so that that kind of helps to cover more of an area. We've worked hard to get into the East Coast more, and that's helped us. And so, I think that 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 has really built a foundation. But also, it's it will continue into the future. And then you look at what the guys have done. Denton and and and, and Coach Weatherford is putting putting player development systems in place that allow those guys that are talented to get here. And, and, and we don't have time for you to wait. We don't have time to wait three years. You got to go right now. And, and we have to be able to, to play at a high level immediately. And, and those guys have done a really good job of it. So, you know, when, like I've said before, at first it can be a little bit precarious and ugly at times and, and it can get a little hairy, but once it starts to, to perpetuate, then you really should be able to sustain it for the long term. Um, and, and, and now we're going to get into the meat of it, right? We're going to really get into the meat of things and see where we stand and whether we can continue to play at this level or not. I'm really proud of them, regardless of what happens from here moving forward. Uh, I'm just, I'm really proud of the, the, the kids. I'm really proud of the coaches. I'm proud of the, the, the recruiting they put in place. I'm proud of the systems that we've, we've put in place. And, 
and, and I hope we can continue to, to, to compete at this level. And, but regardless, it, it won't be for a lack of effort. It won't be a lack for a lack of, of work and preparation. So we'll see where we go from here. But yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You talked about something interesting yesterday about how you get stronger as the series goes, series goes on, yet when you go forward, you know, so you don't have to do that going forward. And especially when you get into postseason with the regional, you don't want, or even in the Big Ten tournament, you don't want to lose that first game and get into the loser's bracket. So it becomes the most important. And now with the Big Ten series down the stretch, and you've got Maryland, you've got Michigan State, you've shown you can come back and win, but it takes, but, it, but, you, but you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, you know, by losing the first game. Is there something you can do to come out stronger early on the, in the first game so you don't put yourself behind the eight ball and have to be? Sure. Well, I think that the, the the main thing you can do is just is to get a pitching performance early in the weekend, right? So, whether we stay with our current rotation or we ever try to move up, I, I don't know. Um, but the only way that you really do it, because kind of the first guy through the wall has got to be able to, even without all of the information that you gain through the series, has got to be able to just overwhelm guys, and and, and and that's why Friday games are four to three and three to two in, in those situations. So. The, 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 the thing that we can do is live and learn and, and you so you get more information over the course of the season if you, even if you're not playing that opponent because they've played more games so you have more information going into it and then at some point you know, we may have to have a conversation about what do we want to do to kind of change the rotation if we do and we may not because the reality is if it ain't broke don't fix it and we have found a way to win series and, and have success that way but you're right in a perfect world you just overwhelm somebody on Friday you take the information that you have from that from that game and then apply it to suffocate somebody throughout the course of the week or the next two games. But it may be that way and it, and it, and it may not. But as long as we can achieve our goal of winning a series, then we'll put ourselves in a good position. And then what about when you get to postseason? Will things have to change when that first game matters so much? Potentially, potentially. <laughs> you know, you'll see a lot of everyone across the country will kind of be shuffling the deck as you get there. As you get closer and closer, especially because the conference tournament is one day. And the, 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 was the last weekend's one day short, and then the conference tournament's one day short from there. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to, as we get down the stretch there, we'll have to kind of look at how we want to uh, kind of shuffle those guys and move those guys around um, to try to get there. You know, the conference tournament, you're, you're, you're going to have to probably start your best guy first and then work and work down the stretch from there to try to get him back up again a, a second time in the tournament, uh, whoever you think that is at, at that time. So, you know, we're, we're in a good position to where – you know, obviously, you have Sonar, you obviously have Kraft, you obviously have Yoho, and some other guys that, that, that we could we could potentially put. We could have a different rotation going into the tournament that we do right now. Um, but we got to get there first. You got to get there. And so but that's, a, that's a month away, and Tuesday's on Tuesday. So, But it's a great question. You're exactly right. It's one that we have we have conversations about quite a bit, and you know, I, we got to get there first. But you're, you're, you're on the head. You're on the nail on the head there. You guys have mentioned a lot this year about the magic number of scoring seven runs or more. This is the sixth consecutive game you've scored seven runs or more. What kind of approach have you seen as of late? Well, I think what's happened is we've added more guys to the lineup. You know, Josh Pine had an awesome weekend, as Carl, as you mentioned yesterday. Josh Pine had a great day again today, a game player of the game. Carter Matheson, I thought, probably had his best day today. And something that we've been really working on is is being in the middle of the field on a line and allowing the, the loft to your full side to be more natural, not trying to get there too quickly. And he goes a you know a rocket ship down the left field line and, and just a howitzer double to right center. So we've added some length there. Now we got to finish the bottom of the lineup. That 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 hurt us today uh, several times. You know, bases loaded, nobody out. We get a we get a strikeout. Now the double play was scorched with Pete, but we've we've got to finish those 
because we're starting to get, you know, Cerny's starting to go offensively, big two-out double, and Cerny's starting to go offensively. So we just have to try to add more length. But I think the big thing that we've seen the last week to 10 days is, is those first really seven guys have been really good. Quality at-bats, taking their walk, taking hit-by-pitches, the big two-out hits, extra base hits, instant offense, right? You have two two-run homers today. So if you can if you can add those guys, it, it gives you more length. But you know, over the course of the season, guys they're they're able to learn and grow. And you look at that sophomore group that was terrific last year. We've talked about it a ton. But you know, your your freshman year, you're a really good player, but there's no real expectation. There's no scouting report. No one can pick at your inadequacies. And and then your sophomore year, everyone's got 150 at bats. They know all your hot zones and cold zones and. Now there's a little bit of expectation. Hey, you were a great player last year. If you don't go two for three your first game, it's a let, you know let down. And how do you handle that psychologically? And so you're starting to see those guys really settle back in. They're able to adjust back and 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 settle in and become the players they're capable of being. I think Pine is a perfect example of just he was the guy. This the last week or so, Josh has been maybe our best hitter, and he was able to to be the guy that we all know that he is. And, and so I think you just you learn and grow and adjust. But yeah. I think that the, the increase in offense is really directly attributed to just the length that we're getting in the lineup and adding more guys to it and instant offense. Two run doubles, uh, two run homers, three run homers, those kind of things, they, they change the game in a big way. You've mentioned defensive adjustments a couple times throughout the weekend. How do you guys stay ahead of other teams offensively? From, a, from an adjustment standpoint? Yeah. Well, I, I think you, you have to look at it. What is a guy trying to do? So depending upon what he, what, he, what are his strengths, right? So. He's a sinker guy. He's a forcing guy. What's the fastball profile? So, what part of the plate is he going to be predominantly in? If I'm a, you know, Bobby gets, uh, they have the, the the righty that comes in the Bobby Homer off of. He's an arm side run guy. So, Glasser's up first. Glasser's up first. He sees the first fastball. He looks in. He's like, hey, it's an arm side run, right? So, there's some arm side run to it. So, Bobby's on deck, and I say, hey, Bobby, hey, it's an arm side run guy. So, Bobby, I'm sure, switches his approach. He's in the middle, middle end, knowing what it's going to be. So he's on time for that, you know, 90, 91 mile fastball in the middle of the plate. And then he gets a changeup and he's out front, boom, and you get a homer, right? So that information comes back in. At the, you, know, you look at forcing someone to lane a changeup. Are we forcing, do we make weak contact in, in a 1-0 changeup or do we force someone to land it, right? If, if that's kind of his bread and butter. 1-1 or 2-1 or 0-1, give me over breaking balls. Do we allow those to flip in there for a strike? or be able to hit those hard and, and make someone a little bit gun shy about just flipping, getting me over breaking balls. Like Devin's home run today, I think was a was a one strike, getting me over splitter, change up slider, something off speed, right? And he homers it. So I think those things, what you're trying to adjust with guys to help them to be able to um, to navigate different pitchers and their strengths. I think the next, kind of the next thing for us, we haven't done a great job of, and we didn't do a good job today, was we, we're not finishing full count at bat. So he's swung a ball four twice today uh, in, in, in full counts terribly out of the zone, right? So you got to get in that swing mode. And we talk about a, a full count and our mentality has to go back to like a 2-2 count. Would you take that pitch in a 2-2 count? Yes, then I should take it in a full count. We just can't get into kind of swing mode and assuming a guy's going to throw a, a fastball down the middle in, in, in that situation. And so we need to do a better job of that. You know, we had a situation where we should have walked and had two guys on uh, with, I think, the middle of the lineup. Maybe Pine was up next, but we, we, we we end up expanding out of the zone in the full count, and now we don't get to that that moment where you have two outs and two guys on, and Josh is swinging a great night, throws a double down the right field line, and we score two runs. We we, we mitigated ourselves by expanding in a full count on all speed pitch line. So those are the kind of things that you're you're talking about with the guys. 
and, and being able to continue to add opportunities because it's all about opportunities. If we don't get into if you don't get into multiple runners on base situations more than once or twice a game, it's really hard to score in bunches. If you don't score in bunches, it's, it's really hard to win. So we just have to do everything we can to get multiple guys on base at a time and then be good when we get there. But um, they're, they're doing a good job. They're learning. They're taking responsibility. They're able to adjust. And I think you see a lot of it's a it's a it's a like an emotionally stable group in the dugout. You don't see a bunch of screaming and cussing and throwing and stuff. It doesn't solve the problem. There's a lot of discussions, a lot of information. There's a lot of communication from the guy that just hit to the guy that's on deck or the guys in the dugout. And, and again, it's it's them. They, I, I can't go up there and hit. At, at times, I wish I could. I'd love to go up there and, and help out, but it, it's got to be them. And so they have to create an identity from within that they're going to share information and adjust as they go. Take two more. You've mentioned being player-led and with having so much of the production be kind of split between veterans and young guys. What does the trickle-down effect of that look like going into the final few series of the week, of the season? You know, it's, let's say specifically Devin and Tyler. They they've played enough now to where they're 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 not freshmen anymore. And you know, on the mound, Braden Reisdorf and Phillips and Foley, those guys have played enough to where they're they're not freshmen. Those guys are experienced. They've been in the battle. They've been in the arena. They've been all over the country. They've seen everything that you have to see. So if you're physically talented. You've been coached well, and now you're experienced. You're you're no longer the young guy. You're just one of the guys, and I think that's where their mindset has to stay. Is yes, Philip Glasser has played more baseball games, but you've seen essentially the same things that he's seen, and so you have to hold yourself to the same standard that, that he does. Now, thank God, thank guys on our team, right? And and he is as good of a player in college baseball. We all should really appreciate and, and enjoy watching him play baseball because I haven't seen an infielder play as well as he's played in a long time and, and maybe ever but he's had a great season and so you appreciate and enjoy those guys while you have them but you also hold the young guys to the same standard because now they've seen it and they've experienced it so as we go down the stretch here everybody's got to be on the boat we're in the same direction and information has to flow freely and and we have to continue to hold ourselves to a high standard regardless of their age and just go compete like I always say whatever happens happens win or lose I'm cool as long as we're putting putting our, our best effort out there and competing and prepared and engaged, then you know, baseball is a silly game. What's been the most enjoyable part about coaching this freshman and sophomore core? Um, I love watching them figure it out. You know, I think at at, at your core as a coach, you're um, you're. I think I put it this way. So my dad coached high school baseball for thirty years. You don't coach high school baseball to get rich, obviously. You don't coach high school baseball to be famous. You coach high school baseball to, to help young people and, and to watch them grow and to experience their lives together and to kind of pay it forward the experiences that you had. And so when it comes to, to kind of our philosophy, I think we have a great coaching staff to where you, it is about the kids. And, and I am hard on them because life's hard, right? If, if you coddle guys and you hold their hand and you tell them you know, everything's going to be fine, the reality is it's not always going to be fine. Life's not always going to be fine. And, and so you're, you have to enjoy teaching, you have to enjoy coaching, you have to enjoy holding uh, a standard and, and creating discipline because that's what leads to successful lives. And so I think the most enjoyable thing about watching those young, young guys is, is the, the light bulb moments and, the, and then the success and seeing the joy on their faces and, 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 and under, helping them to understand what the game requires and what life requires and all the good stuff that comes with it. I think that's probably um, the most enjoyable part about coaching those guys, and then from a from a, uh, a coaching staff standpoint, about you have a plan, 
and even when everyone thinks the plan stinks, and that's fine because sometimes it looks like it stinks, and then to work your plan and to trust into it and then to watch it start to work, that's a lot of fun. When nobody else thinks it's working and everyone thinks you're outside of your mind, and then to watch it start to turn the corners and be like, okay, this, 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 is, a, we ex- this is a well-executed, well-thought-out, organized plan, and then to have it start to, to work is, is, a, is, a, is a very fulfilling experience because I know how hard the coaches have worked behind the scenes to put it together and have, have the guts uh, to go and in, to attack it the way that we have. I think probably those two things would be my most enjoyable part of it. That catch you made where you did the flip in front of the dugout, where does that rate in terms of the best catches you've made? Oh, I, I don't know. I kind of misran it a little bit. The wind was bringing it back towards the field, and I, I overran it a little bit, so I kind of kind of put myself in a, in a bad situation right there, but I come out, come out with the out. So. Coach kind of mentioned you guys being a player-led group. What's the communication like throughout, I guess, the veterans, the young guys, the young guys amongst yourselves? What's that communication like? Uh, no, for sure. We, uh, we our, our young guys are eager to learn. You know, that's why uh, freshmen have really taken a big role on this team, just like they did last year. You know, they came in this year, and, and Devin and, and Cerny, and a lot of the pitching staff has been unbelievable, and, and they're eager to learn. We have a lot of really outspoken guys on the team, and they'll just tell you what you see, and, and that's a big thing. I think being honest with each other is, is what makes a, a really good team. So not trying to sugarcoat anything, um, you know, moving past failure and, and looking at, you know, the next inning, the next pitch, the next game, uh, and just moving forward. How do you approach it differently this year? I asked Coach this yesterday. Last year, you know, you were pretty much just playing for a spot in the Big Ten tournament because, you know, postseason without a question, if you didn't win it this year, you're in contention for a postseason spot, maybe even to host. How do you approach a game differently like this, knowing there's more at stake this year with that? Um, I really feel like we just approach one game at a time, you know. We're looking at Ball State right now. You know, we go up there on, on Tuesday, and, and at this point in the season, every game is a, is a big game. You know, we're playing, Merce, Merce keeps saying, you know, every game's a postseason game because it really does determine where we're at. So we're taking it one game at a time, go up, um, looking up to be Ball State on Tuesday, and then just move on from there. You've had some, uh, some struggles at the plate this year. This weekend, things have gone very well. Uh, what adjustments have you made? What what's happening differently that's allowing that now? Um, you know, I've been I've been putting myself in in good counts all year, but I've been unable to capitalize on the pitches that I was getting. I've been swinging under fastballs, popping them up, fouling them off, and and then you know the good count really just goes to waste. So, um, just really working these last couple of weeks on getting into a fastball count and hitting the, the leverage count fastball hard, and so that's just really what I've been adjusting on. And and, and then I find when you're on fastball time, um, you're able to recognize the off speed a lot early. Uh, a lot earlier and a lot easier, so it puts you just in a better place to hit. For when you weren't capitalizing as frequently, uh, were there any other sort of players keeping your spirits up through that? Yeah, you know, it, that's the part of playing on a really great team is, is if I fail, the, the guy behind me, Cerny, the guy behind me, whoever it is, is going to pick me up. You know, you, you see that, just for instance, Pete, Pete didn't get a bunt down today and Phil comes up and picks him up. That's just part of playing on a great team is, is if you do fail, there, there's a guy behind you that's just going to pick you up. Have you been able to get some advice and some other things, some help from some of the freshmen, some of the younger guys on this team? Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Whenever we're hitting, we all hit together. We, we pretty much, the coaches, you know, they coach, obviously. But whenever we're in here training on, on our off days or, or practice days before practice, we hit with each other and we'll tell each other, yeah, I see this, I see this, I see this, and just kind of critique little things day by day. More than half your lineup is comprised of freshmen and sophomores. When you guys step out on the field, does it really feel like it's only your first or second season out there together? No, it doesn't. You know, it feels like we've known each other for 
for years now. And that's just something that, that I think is big. You know, we like to hang out outside of the field. We like to, we're, we're in here a lot, but you know, tonight, you know, we're, we're gonna get together, you know, watch some games, do whatever. And tomorrow off day, we're gonna all get together. That's just something that I really love about this team is, is we're all close. What's like your favorite activity to do with those guys off the field? I, we like watching baseball. We like watch other teams play and seeing how they, what they do well and what they do bad. Brayden, you've been really solid over these last couple outings. Kind of walk us through what's been working for you on the mound. Uh, so it's kind of varies between game to game. So like today, my sinker wasn't my best pitch, and I really leaned on the slider. So it just kind of goes with having a feel for the game and just going with whatever is working the best for you and just attacking. Seems like after every game, we're talking to another freshman, another sophomore that's really just kind of stepped into a prominent role. I guess what's the best part about working with with such a talented group of guys around you that's the same age as you? I mean, I think the best part is just like, we all want to see each other win. I mean, we all want to succeed. So it's like, we're kind of leaning on each other, just growing as a team, just, you know, hanging out, just being not just friends, but also just being the best teammates we can possible. So it's like, when you see your teammate succeed out there, it's like, I mean, it feels like you're out there winning too. So it's just makes us all feel good. As a freshman, you weren't here last year, but obviously they were giving up about eight runs a game. This year it's been cut in half basically. So you might win, you might score, it scored nine runs last year, but the team may have given up 10. So how big is it to be part of this freshman and transfer group that's completely turned the pitching staff around? Well, it feels good. Cause I mean, we want to do the best we can for this program. Cause I mean, this program can do big things. So just going out there, really our big thing has been attacking. We just want to get that first strike, get as many strikes as we can. Cause once you get in a pitcher's count, it makes it a whole lot easier. So. The whole staff today got into pitchers' counts a lot. Um, can you kind of talk about what uh, what Coach Glant's been challenging you guys to do once you get into those counts? Oh, yeah. So once you get to those pitchers' counts, it's just get the put-away pitch. So, like, if you get a slider chase down, that means you throw it into the dirt, hopefully they swing out. You just got to really execute and do whatever you can to get that guy to swing and miss. What's your mindset like to stay ready, never knowing when your name might be called? I, I would say I'm just ready to just go out and do whatever I can, no matter what the situation is, because... I mean, you might be put on with bases loaded and you might have a fresh inning, you never know. So it's just got to be ready for everything and make sure all your stuff's working. Mercer has really relied on the freshman class this year. It's put a lot of you guys in. Um, how, how does that sort of feel to have that responsibility so early into your college career? I mean, at first it might be nerve-wracking, but really it's kind of it's kind of cool to have that kind of trust from our head coach because you know, he knows that we all have the stuff. It's just we got to go out there and display it. So. I think it's a good thing because all it's going to take everyone to make the run we're going to make. So just got to go out there and do our best. And kind of the recruitment process, is that kind of a vindication then that this is this is a good place to come if you get, a, you get these opportunities right away? I mean, I think it's just we don't just recruit the arm. It's also just you need the best character from every person too. And that's a big thing when I talk with Mercer is he wants to recruit the right people. And once you get the right people, anything's possible. Do you think that kind of plays into the aspect of the team being player-led then? Oh, yeah. Anything else? Uh, ask Cooper Katsky as well. Just kind of ask who's the uh, trouble. That's ironic because I would say it's Cooper Katsky. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this post-game media edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Next up, Indiana travels to Muncie for more action. This time on the road at Ball State for a single midweek game at 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Then comes the series, likely to decide the lead in the Big Ten when Maryland comes to Bloomington, starting at 6 p.m. Friday. We'd better see you at the Bart.